Hi, welcome. This is Carla with your Age is Not Your Cage. And today I have two very special guests with me. I cannot wait for you to meet them. You might even recognize them right now if you are a fellow Austinite. Um, they were on television uh, for over 30 years. Kim was an anchor and a reporter, and Mike was a sportscaster uh, here in my hometown of Austin. And since then, they've gone on to do other things, and I'm going to let them explain all the details. But welcome, Mike and Kim. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. We're so glad to be with you today. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So tell everyone what you've been doing since you left TV and just kind of the direction you've gone um, since then and why we're here today, because this is a subject that is so near and dear to my heart. And it's something I want to get out there because I know many of my listeners are walking in the same shoes I am. So I, I can't wait for them to hear what you guys have to share. Sure. It's not anything that was ever thought of or planned really in advance. That's for sure. Yeah. I had started doing on-camera coaching and training several, many years ago. And then when Mike left the station, he came in with me and we were been doing, you know, we were sort of plugging along, starting doing the more uh, on-camera training, media training, all of that kind of stuff. Especially until, during COVID. Especially during <laughs> COVID. We were yeah. really, really busy. And it was really not until Mike came home from a trip to Dallas when he said, hey, I have an idea. Yeah. Because my, my mom has Alzheimer's, and as uh, my mom and dad have been married for more than 60 years, but my sister and I talked to my dad about the fact that mom's Alzheimer's is getting worse, and it's getting tough on you because you're having to take care of her 24-7, even though they lived, and my dad still does, in an independent living place. So didn't have to worry about meals or anything, but still taking care of her 24-7, making sure she's okay, making sure that she's not wandering off, anything like that, it was just wearing on him. So we said, mom needs to move to memory care. And it doesn't have to be tomorrow, doesn't have to be next month, but pretty soon she needs to move. And this was in the fall of 2019, right okay. before COVID hit. And uh, I, we, we went, look, my sister and I went and looked at a couple of memory care places. And I thought I was going to be very prepared because we've talked about wills, powers of attorney. We talked to my dad about being on board. Everything was good. And then they start throwing all these acronyms out at me and throwing <laughs> all these words. And how are you going to do this? Where are you going to do this? I came home from that and told Kim, I said, I felt so overwhelmed. My head was kind of spinning and I thought I was prepared. I really think we should start a Facebook group or something to help people because I feel like other people are going to be really overwhelmed. Yeah. And that's when Kim said, well, that doesn't sound like much fun. I mean, you know, to be totally honest, because it is, it is, it is tough stuff to talk about. It is. And, you know, as a former reporter, I love nothing more than interviewing people and finding out information and sharing it with others. But, but typically, it's sort of like let's do the inspirational stories and the, you know, how did you build that business and what's the, what did you overcome and you know those kinds of inspirational type stories. And so, frankly, when he's when when I started thinking about the kind of topics that we would be touching on, I thought, well gosh, that does, yeah, that sounds kind of depressing. Yeah. And, but the truth is, is that, you know, he, he sort of planted that seed. We were pretty busy quickly after that because of COVID. And so it kind of, you know, it sort of, it was in the back of my head, but it was not something that, okay, yeah, we should move forward now because we were super busy. And, and, you then, know, and, and also partly because of COVID, partly because of my dad needing to be completely on board. Mm -hmm. We didn't move my mom to memory care for almost a year and a half. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until mm -hmm. March of 2021. Okay. So you know, a year after COVID had started, mm -hmm. just for a frame of reference. Right. And so we, so during that whole time frame, you know, we were we were, you know, working and, and doing the things that we needed to do to help people during COVID being on camera. And but during that time frame, I was kind of, I guess, 
listening more to the conversations I was hearing or not hearing uh, from friends and, and different people that I knew who had parents about the same age. And it was really when the day they took Mike's mom to memory care and he posted one thing on social media just about you know, it's a really tough day. And what I noticed was, of course, there were people that were really empathetic, but what really struck me were the numbers of people who said, I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the same thing. I've already done that, or I see it in my near future. And coupled that with the fact that I was finding out just in the months before that, that I had, you know, one friend whose mom had had brain surgery. I had another a friend whose mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's and it wasn't something that I knew immediately because we don't talk about it. Right. So when I saw that post and I saw the numbers of people that are going through it and realizing that so many of us are going through this and we don't talk about it, so we can't help each other. Right. And that's when I said, finally, okay, remember that that idea? <laughs> I think you're right. We should do that. Let's and try it. Yeah. 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 Well, and I don't like to admit I'm right very often. I mean, yeah. I like to admit that I'm wrong and he's right very often. She had been <laughs> wrong very many times. Yeah. Uh, you, know. you know, it's the same in mine. It's crazy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing about that is nobody, it's hard to talk about. Yeah. And I know that when I've talked about certain things in the situation I'm in with my parents, uh, my dad has Alzheimer's and vascular dementia coupled with diabetes and, and many other things. But when you talk about it and people that haven't been through it, meaning they mean good, but they offer right. up stuff that it's like, oh yeah, no, that doesn't work at this stage or that's yeah. not. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's something that I have found now as I talk about it. And so many of my friends that have been down this road that I feel bad. I even told a friend um, mm -hmm. yesterday, I feel bad. I'm like, I wasn't a better friend to you during this time, because I didn't understand fully what you were going through. And that's, and I had told her that I was going to be talking to you guys. And I said, I just want people to have a place to go and a resource to go. So they do feel like they're, they're not alone in it. So I think that's why it's, it's so important what you guys are doing. Well, because I think so many times, and maybe this is a societal thing, or because a lot of times there's not great news and it's hard stuff. But I think that so many times as a family, we sort of just circle up and we think that we're the only ones going through it. So we have to figure out everything out in our own little bubble, in our in our own little world, where I just really feel strongly that when we do talk about it, we can help each other because yes. if somebody's been scammed, hey, I'm your girl. Like I know the, the steps you need to take because we've been through that before. You know, Mike's got great experience with how do you talk to somebody who has Alzheimer's and as it progresses. So I feel like it's 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 taking it from that of, of the, the attitude of we have to figure this all out on our own, even though we've never done this before. So how would we know what we're supposed to do or what resources are available or anything like that? So it's yeah. really a matter of just, you know, like that collective wisdom is is so much is so much stronger. Well, I think it's also the the positive negative aspect of it. And and doesn't matter what your personality is, whether you're outgoing, an introvert or, or whatever. Some people like to talk no matter what it is, but but a lot of people, even if you're a huge extrovert like Kim, then it's kind of almost embarrassing. Like you don't want to talk about the bad news. Oh, here's what my mom's going through right now. Oh, this isn't very fun. Here's what I'm having to do. I, I kind of like to compare it to having a baby because when Kim and I had our first baby back in 1997, 
Kim knew how to change a diaper. She had to teach me. But otherwise, we didn't really know what we were doing. But everyone under the sun, friends, neighbors, coworkers, everyone had a bit of advice for us. Here's what to do because things are going to get better. Mm -hmm. Oh, the baby's not sleeping through the night. Here's what to do. It's going to yeah. get better. The baby's not walking yet. Here's what to do. Things are going to get better. And there was always some good news, even though it was tough on us because it's always tough on, on new parents. Mm -hmm. You get so much great advice. People like to talk about it because it's fun. You're talking about babies. It's yeah. great. Yeah. But yeah. when you're talking about an aging parent and well, mom has Alzheimer's, she doesn't recognize me. You don't want to be the Debbie Downer bringing the party down. Say, oh, sorry, Mike. Um, That's a bummer. I mean, right. And then I mean, turning and say, well, what else can we talk about? What's something right. fun? You right. don't want to be that person. So because that so many people live in silence, they don't they want don't want to talk about it. They don't want to share because they don't want to be that person who's like, oh, wow, you're the life of the party. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. where we all run into. And, and and it's being able to find a group, being able to find a community to be able to, to feel like it's okay to share. Like, oh my God, goodness, things are not good with my life. Mm -hmm. What can you do to help me? Or can you just listen? Mm -hmm. And that's what so many people in our group feel like. Yeah. Cause yeah. I think sometimes it's just knowing that you're not the only one and I'm not crazy that I'm having these thoughts or these concerns or these challenges oh, okay, this is a real thing and other people are going through it too. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. And I would love for y'all to talk about um, kind of where where they start because we know I've, I've thought about the shift in um, uh, the reversal of mm -hmm. um, I now feel like the parent of my parents. Yeah. And that is such a tough place to be at sometimes. And I can tell you there's times I would like to just... I just want my mom and dad to be my parents again, mm -hmm. not parenting them and making the decision mm -hmm. and always feeling like when I go over there and I think Mike, I've heard you talk about this before. I have to get myself like in a mindset and in a place to, to be, I, I'm always being positive and just uplifting. And I feel like when I leave, I'm exhausted emotionally mm -hmm. sometimes. And so just kind of walk through that that role reversal from, from, you know, we are now making decisions mm -hmm. for our parents mm -hmm. and kind of the best places to start with that. Yeah. Well, I think part of it too, is to remember that a lot of times it, you sort of fall into it gradually, you know, where you don't, it almost it, like with my mom, it was definitely mo more gradual where it was, you know, the first you're helping a little bit with this. And then it's like, okay, we need, we're needing to step in and help with finances and we need to help okay, I need to manage your doctor's appointments. And oh, they're asking me if you've had a shingle shot because you don't remember, you know, those yeah. kinds of things. And I'm now, I'm now the keeper of the information, if you will. So it's kind of been a gradual uh, progression, I think. And then I think similar to you as well, but I similar. think then there's also cases where, you know, there's a diagnosis or there's a, a, you know, a medical event that can all of a sudden make it like overnight, you're you know, the parent yeah. if, or having to do more parenting. So I think it it's one being kind of aware of where are you in the in the process mm -hmm. and and or are you just at the beginning stages or even anticipating stages where you think, okay, I need to start getting ready for this. And if I haven't, then what are the things I need to probably take take start doing now? But so much of it is really a mindset of, of what are your expectations? Because years ago when I'd go to, to visit my mom and dad, I would expect the fact mm -hmm. that my mom's going to cook an incredible meal. 
whether mm -hmm. it was breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or multiple. Or all. <laughs> she was an incredible cook. So I knew I was going to eat really well. I knew that that there would be something, some type of, of craft or something that she'd been or working activity, on or activity yeah. that I need to either help her with or check on because they lived in a oh, about a 3,000 square foot farmhouse, so to speak, that they kept adding on to and making bigger. And it was a, a dream house for my mom. And I would always help her with different things huge barn out in the out in the back that would help her clean up or or move stuff around she always had something that oh can you help me do this help me do that and as alzheimer's hit and started getting worse you know stage one stage two stage three stage four stage five then it was less and less it was more of a case of of oh how you doing well you know what's going on and she wouldn't really talk about specific things and you could tell at first it's like you don't really notice and then you realize oh she doesn't remember and then you realize maybe she didn't realize who she's actually talking to. And she was good about hiding it. She mm -hmm. still is to this day, uh, oftentimes. Mm -hmm. But it, it's one of those things that you've just got to start getting in the to the mindset. And it's not that easy, but it can be done just into the mindset of realizing that, like, to yeah, I'm going to go see my mom next week. And, well, and my dad, too. But I'm going to go visit my mom. And I know that I'm going to have to introduce myself and say, hey, mom, it's me, Mike, your son. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes she'll say, I don't recognize you. Mm -hmm. When I visited last month, the first words out of her mouth were, now tell me how I know you. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's not fun. When when you're yeah. her only son, she's my only mom I've ever had. I'm in my mid fifties. It's not like I'm brand new. Yeah. So you, yeah. You, you've just got to get over that and realize, okay, this is how I have to deal with this mm -hmm. is that I have to, rather than saying, oh, so mom, do you remember back uh, back in 73 when we when we moved to our house and and we started school and the first day of school, I didn't have my supplies. So you had to leave and you ran out of gas. Mm -hmm. She doesn't remember any of that. So I can't bring that up. Yeah. Asking her in that way. Now, I can say I remember starting first grade and this is what happened. And she'll just smile and go, oh, wow. And then she'll change the subject mm -hmm. because she didn't remember. Yeah. But that's OK. But I just know that I can't ask her. Mom, remember when this happened? Mm -hmm. Mom, mom, remember this? Remember that? You can't do it that day. Again, it's a mindset of just knowing how to deal with mm -hmm. whatever they're going through. And mm -hmm. in this case, it's Alzheimer's. But for some people, it's something mm -hmm. with, with a heart problem or something with another medical condition where you just have to change the way you do things. Yeah. And and it just makes it easier to, to cope, mm -hmm. easier to get through it. I think that I love that what you said about managing expectations, because I think that is, you know, we have that expectation, just as you were talking about that, you know, the things that you remember your parents and wanting them just to be your mom and dad and being the ones you can go to for advice or right. ask questions of. And, and I think it is having to make that shift to knowing what is that, what is it that I can really talk to them about mm -hmm. or, or maybe not, or just even in the interactions. I was with a friend this morning who just said, that she hadn't realized how much her mom had slowed down. So they were on a trip and her mom did well, but but she had to remember that, you know, they would leave the, the hotel room and all of a sudden they're like, oh wait, where's mom? She's still way yeah. back there because she just moves slower, right? Yeah. So I mean, so it can be as simple as those kinds of things where it's just, you have to get used to the fact that it maybe takes a little longer to get out of the apartment. It takes a little longer to get from here to there. I found that when I took my mom to doctor's appointments, we had them scheduled pretty close together. And I'm like, you know, yeah. uh, we need to, we need to get into the car and get out and we need to, you know, we got to yeah. eat lunch fast and you know, get back to the next appointment. And so it's part, I mean, and, and again, those are more simple, simplest, simplistic, but it's just all of those things come into play. Just like when you have a toddler, yeah. right. You know, that you plan to leave and get, get them up and mm -hmm. get them ready. 
30 and, minutes before you have to leave because yeah. you know it's going to take that much time, even though and, you're not used to that. And just like that, when you have a toddler, not to compare them that much, but when mm-hmm. you have a toddler, the toddler will throw a fit or the toddler, toddler will start sucking their thumb or or getting upset or throwing things or whatever it is that they do. And you're you're mad. You're like, you're frustrated. And you're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Why are you doing this to me? The toddler's not doing it most of the time. They're not doing it trying to get back at mom or dad. It's just they're a toddler. That's what toddlers do. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing when, when I when I bring up something with my mom and she doesn't remember it, I can't take it personally. Yeah. I know it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, it's Alzheimer's talking, not her. So I can't get upset about that. I just have to move mm-hmm. on. I tell you the truth. Every time I visit my mom for the last year, year, year plus since last June, uh, every time I see her, I always say, mom, guess what? Your granddaughter, Taylor, she has moved to New York City. <laughs> and she's like, oh, she has. Like, yeah, she has an advertising job and she loves it. And every time she's like, she's doing so well, isn't yeah. she? That's <laughs> just great. And she's, she says it like she's heard it for the first time, which she, yeah. that's how she is. But I use that because I know she's going to get excited about mm-hmm. it. I know she's not going to remember it which is fine. I'm not, I'm not hurt about that. I know my daughter's not hurt about that, but it gets her excited. It changes the subject in mm-hmm. case she's, she's saying, why am I here? Having a bad day. Yeah. Or... Who, who are you? Are you my brother? Because she's asked me that several times. She thinks I'm her little brother. Yeah. And and just to get her off, off, off of that and to get her talking about mm-hmm. something else, I bring up my daughter mm-hmm. moving to New York. She never remembers it. She's always acts like it's the first time she's ever heard it. And it's great to say, I kind of feel guilty because I, I I'm I'm scared that one day she's gonna say, "You've told me that twelve <laughs> times, son." Like, well, no, you can no. be excited if she ever you know? does that because yeah. then you're but, like, no, but, "You but, remember?" But it always works. Yeah. And it's, it's, again, it's one of those mind frames you just have to get into. Like, what can I say that's gonna make mm-hmm. mom excited? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell her about her granddaughter. Yeah. And, well, and, and that works. and that's so helpful because I think it is trying to know the right things to say and do, especially at different stages. And, and with my dad, he has digressed so quickly with Mm -hmm. the Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And a few weeks ago, he was doing things so different from now. And he was completing sentences and you could say, remember, and he Mm -hmm. could remember, you know, when he used to play football or whatever. And, and now just such a short time later, none of that is there. And mm-hmm. so it is, it's redirecting and figuring mm-hmm. out how to, how to talk to them. And mm-hmm. really it's just kind of being there with them. And it's a lot of, um, you know, just telling them you love them and just uh, reminding them who we are. And, mm-hmm. and it, it, there's not a lot more right now with where he's at, especially mm-hmm. while they're trying to figure out his meds and, Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it's something you're navigating, you know, pretty frequently how to handle it. And so mm-hmm. with that said, what are like documents that, um, we need to have from our parents? And I definitely want to talk about the resource, um, guide that you guys created because it's been a saving grace and a lifesaver for me already. And oh, I, yeah. I want people to know about it. My husband and I already said, we're going to order one because we haven't filled out something like that. And you cover everything in that. So share with us the kind of uh, things we need to be collecting from our parents, what kind of conversations to be having and Mm -hmm. what that looks like. Mm -hmm. As far as conversations go, so much of it often will start with your siblings. 
you know, have you had those conversations with your siblings to make sure if you have siblings to make sure that everybody's kind of on the same page? Are you seeing the same things that I'm seeing? You know, because sometimes it's potentially the the child who lives closer, who's noticing and seeing them more often that sees the decline perhaps a little more evidently. Or maybe that, they don't because or, they see them every day. Right. And then, yeah. And, and you mm, go, true. You know, I see the, ch- I saw the changes in my mom a lot more than my dad did mm-hmm. because I would see her, you know, once a month or once every two months, depending on what was going on in my life going up because she lives about three hours away. So I would see, see it and it would be more apparent mm-hmm. as opposed to my dad seeing her every day right. getting slowly worse. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of varies depending on which sibling it would be. So talking to the siblings to make sure one that you're all kind of on the same page, you know, do you do you agree with what you think mom and dad should do and also really figuring out how do we use our relationships with our parents and with each other to best help our parents yeah. because the biggest thing that I've noticed is that you know all of the 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 challenges a lot of times come because every family has different family dynamics, different different relationships within the family, you know, that kid was, you know, that son was the one who was always getting away with, you know, with getting away yeah. and getting in trouble. And that's the one that, that, that one, that other child was the one that was always getting everything you know done uh, right as it should be. And so there's those family dynamics, those, those just all the weird things that might've been going on when you were teenagers in some ways just comes crashing back if that was a factor before. So really trying to get on the same page, because the more you can kind of <clears throat> play to the strengths of each other, that'll make it better too, because like there's, excuse me, there are things that my brother can say to my mom and will get more of a response or action than if I do it. And Mm -hmm. same and different things that I can do differently, or perhaps my mom will listen to better when I say it. So it's just really figuring out, you know, kind of how do we, how do we navigate this together and hope that everybody and, and, and work as hard as you can to try to get everybody on the same page. Yeah. And one of the first things you need to talk about with mom and dad is finances, mm-hmm. because so many people, my dad is, was an accountant, incredibly tight with his money, incredibly secretive with his money, never wanted to talk about money around us as far as how much money he made or how the mm-hmm. family was doing. It was just a case of, okay. I find that that's that generation too. Yeah. They, yes. they yeah, didn't is. talk about those no. kind of right. things. It was always very hush-hush in mm-hmm. my yeah, 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 oh, yeah. for watch, sure. Watch your pennies. Let the dollars yeah. take care of themselves. That type of thing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, luckily, as he got older, he realized that my sister and I needed to know. So he would slowly start kind of opening up the book, so to speak, and let us know how much money he made. And to this day, now every you know quarter or twice a year or so, it's not something regular, but he, he gives us basically a spreadsheet showing us every investment that he has, every account, you know, every account, where all where all of his money is, so that if something happens to him, mom's taken care of. Here's what you need to do take care of mom. So it's it's good to know. It's good to know that, A, we know that. We know that he can afford right now to pay for mom and memory care. We also know that if something happens, what we can do. But we also know that it's good that people can change. You know, don't just because when you were growing up, mom or dad were like this, you know, sometimes they're going to still be like that, but sometimes they do change like my dad has about finances. So. Yeah, because the biggest thing is that, you know, it's hard for you to help your parent or guide them or advise them if you don't know some of that. Yeah. If if you're trying to help them find independent living and you realize, oh, they're actually in debt, they don't get very much in Social Security, they don't have any in, any other income coming in, hmm, and they don't have much in savings, the the, the options are definitely different than if they do have 
savings and they'd planned ahead or if they had long-term care insurance or, you know, all of those other kinds of things mm -hmm. that might come into play. So it's, it, it, and, I, and I think the challenge is making it so that it doesn't come across as I'm just being nosy, you know, I'm just trying to get all in your business. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but coming from the point of, I just want to be able to help you better and advise you so that we can, we can have the, so that you can do the things and live the way you want. But so, but the finances, unfortunately dictate so many of the other options, yeah. if you will. Well, that, that's, that's the added, that's the attitude that you have to take because when you fill out the, the guide and, and fill out, there's you know, lots of pages about money as far as where the checking account is, where the savings mm -hmm. account is. Do you have a money market <clears> account? Do you have investments here? Do you have an annuity? So many different things. And we've had some people who've said, yeah, when we've talked to my dad about it, he said, well, you just want to know where the money is because you want to get an inheritance. <laughs> no, dad, that's not, my dad didn't say that, but some yeah. dads have. Yeah. But, that that's not the way it is. You have to explain to dad, no, I just want to make sure that you and mom are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that has to be the, the root of the whole conversation is that we want to take care of you. You took care of us years ago. Now we're taking care of you, but we have to know what kind of money you have to do that. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we're going to spend it all. Doesn't mean we're trying to take it all, but we need to know what you can afford, how we need to help, where you can go, and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, money's at the root of everything. So we yeah. have to have that figured out. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think what your resource guide provided, because um, I literally ordered it. As soon as I heard about it, I was online ordering because we had been going to meet with our financial lady, my husband and I, mm -hmm. um, and we had to start digging into. And when I learned that you have this guide and I start looking through it and I see it has everything we could possibly need from them down to um trying to remember passwords mm -hmm. oh uh, for sure that's a big know, one yeah I mean, but even like who cuts their grass you right. know those oh, kinds of things right you you had that in there and you had things like what are some monthly bills that are you know yeah. it would take digging through files and mm -hmm. finding those things yeah. and then even down to then okay uh what kind of service do you want? What kind of mm -hmm. funeral? What kind of music? What kind? Right. I mean, so detailed where it's just at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people mm -hmm. need in this situation. Cause I know for us being in it, when it starts really hitting faster, my dad was diagnosed five years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, you kind of start slowly going into things, right. you know, you're just kind of working on things. But I think like I'll say like everyone else, I don't know if everyone else is like this, but for us, it's a little denial, not wanting, sure. oh, yeah, I mean, you sure. don't, you don't want to deal with it because it makes it more real and like, oh, it might, mm -hmm. something might happen sooner. But mm -hmm. then when it escalates faster and faster, and because my mom is my dad's caregiver, so she was doing mainly everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when it gets to the point where it's getting to be so much for her, and mm -hmm. then when things digress so quickly, it changes so quickly and to have resources and, and to be prepared ahead of time, I think is so key. And we're finding because we're having to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Sure. Uh, sure. Well, that's what I want to save others from by sharing what, what, what y'all are doing. 
Well, when we were putting together the caregiver's key, a lot of it was just th- trying to think of what are all the things because mm-hmm. so many, so much of it is prompts that just help you think think about, oh, I hadn't even thought how important it was for me to know where do they hide the extra key to the car or mm-hmm. where do they, what is the alarm code to the house or who cuts their grass or what's their blood type? You know, it's so just, we really created it just to help prompt you to think about, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Would might be helpful to know because yeah. it's like so much of this this um <clears throat> this journey is you don't know what you don't know. You've mm-hmm. never done this before. Yeah, I don't until my mom's doctor said, "Well, has she had a shingle shot?" And I turned to mom and I said, "Did you have a shingle shot?" And she said, "Probably." Yeah. I said, "Oh, okay." So I need to find out the right answer. I need yeah. to find the definite answer. That. That's yeah. probably not a probably is not a yeah you have sufficient answer. So I, I think it, it's, it's really designed to help you sort of think through and not have to just envision what, what all those things are that would be helpful. To well, know. the yeah. other thing to think about is that you know, we talk about legal stuff and, you know, what needing a will, needing powers of attorney, durable and medical. But even if you have a durable power of attorney, which is the one for finances, even if you have that, that is great. You're in good shape. If something happens, imagine if dad lives in the house, not your house, but in his own house and something happens where he's in the hospital He's out of it. You can't communicate with him really. And you need to take over things. If you have that durable power of attorney, that is great. But mm-hmm. start thinking about other things. About, okay, he lives in the house. Do I need to go cut the yard? Oh, is that a little kid down the street? How do I get a hold of him? Oh, is it in his pat and is it in his iPhone? What's the password to his iPhone? Yeah. I need to know that. Mm-hmm. How does he pay his bill? Mm-hmm. What bills do, does he get? Okay, some may come in the mail like the old days, but a lot of them may be an email. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's in his computer. How do I get into his computer? Mm-hmm. How yeah. do I get into his email? Okay, because it's not just as simple as in today's you know technology world, right. mm-hmm. it's not just as simple as oh, let me find the checkbook, yeah, right? Let me yeah. find the checkbook <laughs> because I have the durable power of attorney. I'm in good shape. It's all these other things, and once you start thinking about them, uh, again, we're all different, so it depends on our personality and our family situation, our, our financial situation too. Is that okay? Do I have other bills that I need to pay, or that you know that Dad's paying that I need to pay that I don't know about? Oh, yeah. I had no idea that he has an annuity coming in, and he uses that to pay for this bill. Oh, well, that makes sense. You know, different things like that. That once you have it figured out, if you have it figured out ahead of time, mm-hmm. once that <clears throat> crisis hits, it lowers the crisis level down so much to where you don't have to worry about it nearly as much. You can concentrate on mm-hmm. mom and dad or whoever it is that's sick. Right. You're not digging around and hoping that they've actually put them into files in a file cabinet. And it's not just in a pile somewhere that you're trying to dig through in in an emergency, which would just make you more stressful uh, than than you already are. Yeah. I mean, what a time saver for the families to Mm -hmm. just have something in one place and they know this is where I go to get it. And I I did. I showed my mom ours and, um, you know, I said, I can fill it out because we have a lot of their information now. Or I said, you can. And so mm-hmm. she does have it. I think maybe she's filled out a page, so I might have to take take it <laughs> over. But yeah. it, it, I think it, it didn't feel quite as intrusive to her by saying, hey, I got this for you to make this easier for you, but also mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. And I think that's a good way to to present it too. Well, and I was I was going to say that one, somebody in our community shared with me that she bought the book, and it in many ways she sat it made it easier to have the conversation with her dad because they actually sat down and filled it out together, which could be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but it just felt more of a, oh, this is information. The book says we need this information. So dad, I need this information. So it didn't feel as intrusive in some ways too, because you've got to figure out what makes them comfortable. Because again, they're used to taking care of themselves. They've been doing this your whole life, our whole lives. And now when we're needing to step in, it's how do we approach it from a way of, I'm just wanting to make sure that I'm better prepared to help you. Yeah. I'm not... No, I'm not just trying to get all in your business. Yeah. And the, the other thing that you can do, because some people seem to be a little bit uncomfortable with going through all this with mom or dad, because there are some, I hate to say personal inf- information, because it's not like it's that personal. It's just mm-hmm. more information about you as far mm-hmm. as the financial stuff or the legal stuff or housing stuff, anything like that, that, you know, it's all about you. But something that you can do while you're asking, you know, besides asking, oh, okay, dad, where's the second set of keys to the car? While you're asking stuff like that, you can say, Dad, what was your first car? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just start bringing up stories because most parents love to tell stories. Yeah. So so just get the stories talking. When you're talking about the house, and said, Dad, when did you buy the house? Oh, what was your first house? Do you remember that? Do you remember how much you paid for it? Yeah. Weren't the interest rates really high way back then? You know, that type of thing mm-hmm. where, A, you can get them realize that you're not just talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this yucky stuff because you want to know about it because things are going downhill for me. Mm-hmm. But you're also being able to talk about some memories. And it's yeah. a good chance to bring up all these memories that you may not know about or you may have forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And we've got that second side of the, the thing that's notes section. You can write down notes about all these memories. Yeah. And keep, you know, a way to keep things alive. Mm-hmm. And and that that's something that that a lot of us cherish is is to having all these memories about mom or dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things too, I think, is that if, if you can get one of the caregivers' key or something like it, with where you can keep track of that information, when you can do it before it's actually really needed, makes it a and even the conversations that we're talking about too. When you can have those conversations when it's a little bit more hypothetical, still mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, we I we watched this podcast and we were they were asking all these questions that I thought, you know, what we've really never talked about, you know, what would your desire be for where you'd want to live when you get older? You know, when you can do it from a perspective of, you know, maybe this is five, 10 years down the road, maybe it's next year, but it's still more of a casual conversation versus, okay, you broke your, you fell, you broke your hip, you're in the hospital, you're getting discharged to rehab. And then they say, you can't go home. What are you going to do? You know, and then it's, then it's, you know, you're in a, you're frantic and it's more of a crisis then versus a, Hey, we've already had this conversation, so I kind of know your wishes. Not to say that they may not change their mind when it actually happens. There was somebody in our community who shared that their mom had actually written a letter to themselves and said, you know, if I get to a point and and you think it's time for me to go to assisted living or whatever it is, pull this letter back out and let me read it and remind so that I can remind myself that I told you this is what I should do because wow. I don't want to be a burden on you or I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want this to be a difficult, I don't want to be fighting you on it. So remind me. And here's yeah. my letter that shows that I said this. Yeah. Well, and it's not always easy to get them to be proactive ahead of time because sure. I know we we did attempt that a few times with my mom. And for her, I, I think, again, it was kind of easier just to push it to the side yeah. because you really don't want to think about it. Um, And you don't want to think about making those plans, but from experience being in it now, and like I said, kind of backtracking, you know, and learning what is our Medicare coverage? Is Medicaid a possibility? Do we do in-home care? Do we do hospice care? Do we do Mm -hmm. a memory care, uh, skilled facility? It's, it's, 
it's enough to make your head explode. Makes your head spin, yeah. for sure. Well, again, when, when you're planning and preparing, we all have strengths and weaknesses as far as being organized or what our what our strength is as far as different subject matters. But I, I look at my mom and dad, and they are incredibly organized in so many ways because, gosh, I, I want to say it was maybe 20 years ago, 15 to 20 years ago, they went ahead and bought the place where they're going to be buried. It's going to be mm-hmm. above ground, so to speak. They're on the, uh, they say that's the third floor and Mickey Mantle's in the same place on the first floor. So they're (laughs) they're above Mickey, but they've already bought that place. They bought the casket. Everything is taken care of for, for when they pass away. But, and it's in our guide. It's like, okay, what do you, what about the memorial service? What do you want in your funeral? As far as do you, certain things to be said, do you want certain flowers, certain verses, certain hymns, anything like that? And I, I talked to my dad right after we moved mom into memory care. I said, Dad, this is a you know a sheet that's in our, our guide. Have you ever thought about that? Because you and mom have never talked about it. You have you, know, you have the, the casket bought to be live with Mickey, but you don't have anything else done. <laughs> have you thought about that? And he's like, hmm, no, we never have. I said, well, here, I'm going to make a copy of this. Might I suggest? Fill it out at yeah. your convenience. That was two years ago, and he hasn't done it yet, but... He's, he knows it's there. He knows he's going to be thinking about it and working on it eventually. And I trust that he'll do something because if and when he does pass away someday, when that happens, it's going to be so much easier when I'm able to look at that and go, oh, he wants him 367 to be sung at, at his memorial service, or he wants John 812 to be read mm-hmm. as a memorial service, or whatever it is yeah. like that. Or so if he says he doesn't care, about it. Right. then I don't have to worry about it as much as oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Uh, or do you want to speak or should I speak? Who's, uh, uh, you know, right. Then it, it's frantic. And again, the crisis level is way up here. Mm-hmm. Well, and because it, when something does happen to them and they do pass and it, how nice to have that where you can just look at it versus like you said, I'm trying to think of what was their favorite song? What was that song they talked about all the time? Yeah. And it's written right there. And yeah. I, I think that just makes it so much simpler for everybody involved. And let me ask you, have you learned through everything that you've been through? Is there things that you could share with our listeners uh, that have to do with like getting attorneys or finding certain um, care facilities or anything in that realm that could could just offer up some advice and help to people to sure. make it simpler? One of the things that I think that we quickly realized after starting the community, when we started the the Facebook group, it was just a, okay, let's just start this and see what happens. We had no expectation of what might, what it might become. We had no idea. And you have how many members now? More than 7,500 from yes. around the country. I mean, how amazing. And a few from around the world. Yeah. So amazing. Around the world. But I think that one of the things, and we started from the very beginning, Mike had the idea of what can we add to the conversation? Let's, you know, we're former journalists, so let's do interviews and let's help people get the information. Selfishly, some of it was, ooh, I need to know more about this. So let's do an interview about this, which has been helpful. And, and that we continue to do. So we have 75 plus interviews on all kinds of different topics. But one of the things we also quickly realized as we were learning things was, wow, there are a lot of resources and services and providers out there who can help you if you know about them. The biggest challenge for many adult children is that you find yourself in this position and you don't even know what you're looking for or what to Google. We didn't know that there were things called uh, things, people, (laughs) that there were people called senior care advisors who are able to help you find 
you know, a community based on your location, your budget, your needs that can help narrow down the list for you and give you some choices to just, again, take a, 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 some of that overwhelm away. Yeah. And it's a free service. We had no idea. Mike mm-hmm. and his sister just looked for the four that were closest and walked in, again, having no idea what questions to ask, what to look for, yeah. where a senior care advisor could help in that realm, yep. for sure. Yeah, make it a lot easier. One of the biggest things is, is you have to... to Play to your mom's and or dad's strengths and weaknesses as far as what you're dealing with them about. You know, if you're talking about housing, you know, well, where do you want to live when you get older? I mean, you're going to stay in your house. Do you want to live with me? Would you like to find a nice independent living place? You know, that type of thing where you, you have that conversation early. So it's not, oh, my gosh, you've got to move tomorrow. Right. Where are you going to go? And you can kind of get a sense of what their wishes are. By the same token, when you're talking about legal stuff. We have so many people, surprisingly, in our community on Facebook who say, yeah, dad refuses to get a will because he's he just thinks that he, we're just trying to take all of his money. Or dad won't do a power of attorney because he wants he thinks we're going to take over things. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, that's not the case. And if you talk to an attorney, A, you'll, you'll understand it better. But if you if you talk to your mom and dad and realize one of the biggest gifts you can give to me is these legal documents. Mm-hmm. Because if I have a will, and I have a power of attorney, legal, uh, a durable, and a medical. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not taking anything. It has nothing to do with finances. You can leave me out of it. I don't care. Forget about that. It's the fact that I can take care of you if something goes wrong. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have these things, it's going to be such a headache for me. Mm-hmm. It's going to make my life miserable. And yeah. if most parents, I think most parents want to do what's best for their kids. And that's what that would be. Like, oh my gosh, if you know, we have two kids, Brandon and Taylor. If I know that I have a will and I have two the two powers of attorney, then my 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 two kids are going to be loving me for that someday when they really need it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. I don't then I don't have to worry about that's such a great gift I've given to them that we have those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the same thing for your mom and dad. So treat it that way as opposed to I need to have a will because I want to make sure that I'm getting more than my sister. Yeah, you can't you can't treat it that way because that's what's going to rile up dad. That's yeah. what's going to make him go, whoa, 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 whoa. you know, <laughs> brings up the old things from when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. But if you just treat it like what would be so good for me, the greatest gift you can give to me right now is let's take care of these these legal things so that I don't have to worry about. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. If you don't have the HIPAA, if you don't have medical directives, things like that yeah. can make it really difficult when you're trying, because frankly, it makes it impossible for you to make sure that you're carrying out their wishes mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't know some of the things. If you don't have that medical directive or that medical POA, you can't do what they've asked you to do. I'm just guessing. Right. Yeah, you know, in that case, if they'll even give me the authority to make those decisions, or you're exactly. having that in the hands of yeah. somebody else. But I think that when you're looking for those services, you know, that's one of the things that we've loved about our community, and even just some of the resources that we've been able to put together is trying to help people find, you know, an attorney or a a hospice agency or whatever it is that that you might those different kinds of providers that you might need and that can really help you, and, and really helping to even understand. Hospice is one of those that is so misunderstood, I yeah. think, because so many people so think, misunderstood. Yeah, yes. yeah. So we've done no, you know, mul- multiple interviews about hospice because I think that most people, are, you know, because of the term and and the ways we've heard it used in the past, we think, oh, it's for like the last four days. Not necessarily. You could be on it for a year or more or or longer in some cases if you if you're at requesting it early enough and you have to qualify and all of that. But I think it's just knowing that there are 
places that you can find those resources, that you can ask friends, that you can ask other people that are going through it or have been through it, because they're going to be able to give you those recommendations for you know the specifics of where do you live? Okay, here's a you know independent living or an assisted living that's in the area that's close to you, because so much of uh, proximity makes a big difference too for, mm-hmm. for a lot of that, because you want to be able to be close enough that you can well, visit. I, I like to compare it to, to, again, going back to having kids, kids going to college, because it's not like any of us, I don't think any of us wait until the day that they graduate from high school, and then we start bringing up the subject about college. No, it starts for us. We started saving at a very, very early age so that we could have enough money to to send our kids to college. We started talking when they were in elementary school and even middle school about, okay, you need to make good grades. What do you want to study? And then we started looking at schools and if there were scholarships. And you look at so many things before they even graduate. And then you send them off to college. And it's the same thing here with Mm -hmm. so many things as far as where they should live, what they can afford where they want to go, what they can do. And you know, a lot of it is their wishes, whether they want to live at home, live with you, live in an independent living place, live in a nice independent living place. And it's, it's so similar to college. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Best you can do is, is junior college, but let's find a good one for you. Oh, you want to go to Harvard? Okay. Let's see if we can send you to Harvard. There, there's a lot in between. And it's the same thing with, with where mom or dad are, are going to live. So if you start it early and have that conversation and look at it in that way, it just makes it a lot easier than waiting till the last minute and going, oh, my gosh, we need to put you somewhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can't afford anything. You're 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 going in the back room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and and even your your Facebook group and the things that you've pulled together. I mean, I know we're we're all in Austin, Texas, not not ever, not all the listeners, but we are. Right. right. And so this is still something that can be helpful to anybody. They don't have to live here. Oh, for sure. Are are there other resources out there for listeners that don't live in our area as far as other Facebook groups or other ways that they can get help? Because, and tell me if I'm wrong, are the Facebook group that you have primarily focuses on our areas. Is that correct? Not no. necessarily. Okay. No, not necessarily. I think it, 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 we have a lot of people obviously in Austin, just because we've lived here for 30 years. And so, yeah. uh, and, and we've done a lot of presenting and things like that in Austin, but we have people from all 50 States. All 50. We have uh, okay. even some other countries yeah. because so many of the issues of, of the challenges and, and, and things like that. And a lot of even the interviews that we've done say for with the department of public safety, that may be specific to Texas. However, you know, we'll list that you just need to find the, you know, who is it in your state that's in charge of driver's licenses? And Mike made a list of, you know, here's the one in Michigan and whatever, because that way you at least have the verbiage, you understand the questions that you're asking and you're sort of, you know, if I'm trying to get to my parents reported so that they quit driving and have to have another test, that's the example there. Yeah. You know, who is it that I need to access there? One one resource that we have found to be that's 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 in every city, if you will, is called the Area Agency on Aging. Mm-hmm. And it's a government funded program that is sometimes called a little bit different name. But if you just go to your go to Google and type in Area Agency on Aging in your city, it's in most metropolitan cities around the country. Yep. And that's a great place is sometimes as a first stop mm-hmm. for being able to find that. There's also, you know, uh, there are care managers and there are national associations. So sometimes you can go to their website to find, hey, who are people that are members of this, of the National Care Association of care managers, you know, associations like that. So national associations can be a, a helpful place to be able to find that specifically if you're looking for elder attorneys, 
you know, being able to, a lot of times it's asking just in your community because mm-hmm. that's where you're going to get those great mm-hmm. resources. Which is why, referrals. unfortunately, sometimes you're not comfortable asking within your community because you don't want to be, again, the the depressing one asking bad things. So that's why our community with Parenting Aging Parents is so good because you can get in there and ask. And, you know, we had somebody from Chicago asking a question about the Chicago area last week, a couple of weeks ago, someone from the New York area, New York mm-hmm. area asking about mm-hmm. that area. And yeah, there aren't as many people as are in the Austin area in our group, but we have people for everywhere. So people will chime in about, oh, have you tried this? Have mm-hmm. you tried that? Maybe if you do this, it'll mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And it'll just give you an idea about, may not have the exact answer because we're all so different. Yeah. We have different medical conditions, different financial situations, different relationships with our mom and or our dad. Things are different, but you know where to start. Mm-hmm. A yeah. good a good base of where to start and where to build from mm-hmm. that. Well, yeah. and as we and as we continue to grow and grow and grow and grow, we have more and more, more people and more. from other places that that can say, yeah, here are 10 people who've all can give you ideas about the assisted living in downtown Chicago versus in a suburb or whatever, you know. So yeah. that's why we are excited that it continues to grow because that way we can give those people can get those sort of specific recommendations too if they need. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have two things I want to ask you. On you do a Zoom call on Thursday nights. Um we have a support not, group th- to explain what that is and sure and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's a it's a support group that we have that is every other Thursday night on Zoom at seven o'clock central. And that really is just open to help people have a place to come, whether they want to just listen and make it, you know, and, and realize that, okay, I'm not alone. There are other people going through this. So whether it's just to listen or to vent or ask a question, the facilitator who, uh, who is um, the facilitator has been in the senior care industry for a long time. And she's worked in lots of different parts of it. She's worked in memory care. She's a senior care advisor. She's done a lot. So she's, she has had a lot of experience and had a difficult, she shares with this all the time, had a very difficult relationship with her mom. And so, you know, she can, she can empathize and or advise in many cases about some of the things that that she was able to do too. So it really is just a safe a safe place mm-hmm. where people can come and 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 feel supported. Yeah, and get, outside of that and, group. and get what they need. Kind of like what Kim said that if you have lots of questions, like okay, mom has Alzheimer's, I don't know what to do. Do I need to put her in a memory care place? Can I keep her at home? What do I do? What do I do? You can ask those types of questions and get some answers, or you can be my dad. When mom went into memory care a little over two years ago, I found a support group that was first on Zoom and, and because of COVID, it was on Zoom and then they moved into mm-hmm. a church. But he started going to a once a month uh, support group and he loves it. And mm-hmm. if you told me five years ago, your dad was going to be in a support group. I would have said no, no way. way. Not my dad. <laughs> He's private. He's but not but he talk. loved it. And it's not because he goes with questions. It sounds selfish to say it, but I, I kid him that he's a selfish person sometimes. But he goes and he loves listening to all the other people because they they say what they're going through. And he realizes, you know, it's not good what mom's going through, but it's good that we're taking care of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good that she's in a place where she's being taken care of so well. And it makes me feel good about our decision, right. hearing what all these other people are saying. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's all you need as a support group, or maybe you have all the questions. It it it, it depends on you, but find what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we're able to do that. Yeah. Uh, my second question was, how do organizations like, um, for example, the, the hospice company that we've gone with right now, um, how do organizations get involved and in, and in how how do they become a part of um, being in the referrals or doing interviews with them to ask them questions? Just mm-hmm. if anyone's listening that they are interested in sharing 
what, what they have to offer. Sure. Well, we we have um, started where we have some sponsorship opportunities and things like that. We have a resource guide page that's on our website to try to help people, uh, agencies or providers be able to share more about what they do. Uh, you know, we have some providers who join our community that are there because they want to be able to help answer questions. We 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 try to make it not promotional because we don't yeah. want people to feel like, oh gosh, if I post a question, I'm going to get solicited by six people, you know, six different people sending me private messages and all that. We really we really shy away from that. Yeah. I want to add to that before you move on, because yeah. when when I posted in there asking about hospice, I thought uh-huh. I'm probably going to have a hundred people get on there saying, you know, that come to our company. And I that didn't happen at all. And yeah, that, we, that that was so beautiful, you know, that it you. was just it was just people that are on there that yeah. right. that came back with their experiences. And that's what I needed to hear. Yeah, yeah, we we try we we've tried to sort of create a community that that is very respectful and understanding. Yeah. And you know, truthfully, when we first started the group, we debated because when I was doing a little bit of research, there are other caregiver support groups uh, as well. And I found I noticed that most of them very specifically say no providers of it, no allowed. This is just for caregivers. And maybe it's the former reporter in me where I looked at that and thought, well. That's okay, except that, and while I've learned a lot in my journey as a caregiver from my mom, I'm still not an expert. I've just sort of pieced together and, and figured things out on 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 you know, as I've gone, mm-hmm. and I only have the experience of what we've done in our family. So we really felt like having experts that can be part of our community can offer a different, ex- they just have expertise, right? They've seen dozens of scenarios of the same situation and it played out differently where they have just a, a breadth of knowledge that I don't have as a yeah. as, as in my own little world or you have in your own little world or you have in just your you know your family experience. So we really debated about whether to allow providers in our community and we have found that that for the most part most are very uh, respectful mm-hmm. and want and most a lot of people that are in the senior care industry are there because they really have a heart for people and for helping them and and we make sure that that we love them but we make sure that they know what our our rules are because i I didn't want our our facebook page to start turning into a craigslist or an ebay to where and if you turned it around i would probably want to do it too to where i would want to post every day hey mike barnes has this to offer you i think you should check this out you know contact me at mike Mm -hmm. at mike.com that's something like that it's like okay it could be okay, but we would get so many people who did something yeah. like that mm-hmm. that the 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 page would just look so messy and just so mm-hmm. overwhelming yeah. in just that respect. Promotional and, and promotional. And I didn't want that. So yeah. we were able to 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 make the rules and so many people are being so so good about mm-hmm. living by those rules and understand that they're still able to get business out of it by playing it our way and the way mm-hmm. that we like mm-hmm. it. And I think it's turned out best for everyone that way. I think because it's such a community. And and that's what you find when you're in it. It's a community that just wants to help each other. They just want to provide information to make the process easier. And that is what I found when you were talking about the care within even the the hospice that we've dealt with, um, Mm -hmm. just the care that they've shown us, every person that has come out to, to visit with us and my mom and dad. They just they make you feel like you're all that matters in that moment and mm-hmm. that they they value, they see you, they hear mm-hmm. you, 
and they empathize with you. And, uh, you know, today the, the nurse that came out just sat there and was holding my dad's hand, let him play with her phone, gave him this stethoscope. I mean, just showed him pictures of her dogs because she knew oh. he loved dogs and just entered his world. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what your community reflects from what I've seen. And it's just a community that I have found uh, just being in it, um, the time that I have been, that yeah. it's exactly why I'm so passionate about now, uh, just paying it forward and helping people and sharing you. what you're doing so that uh, they can have a, a, a good experience with it. Good might not be yeah. the right word, sure. but right. but a better experience yeah. in, mm-hmm. in how they move forward with it. Yeah. Yeah. And- I was just going to say, we, we've had so many people, it, it, it's sad when it happens, but so many people who've posted that mom or dad has passed away, but I am so thankful for this group. I'm so thankful for so many of you, not talking mm. about us, but the people in the group mm. who have helped them in so many ways, whether it's giving them encouragement, giving them an idea about something, giving them a suggestion about a provider, whatever it is to help try to make things a little bit better. Because it's not fun and it's not easy what yeah. we are going through. Mm. And what we can all do together to help make things better for everyone is so, so valuable. And mm. people don't realize it until they're mm. going through it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's and that's, that from that is what's made me and made us both so passionate about being able to go out and do presentations to organizations, to companies, to associations, to conferences, to help adult children be more prepared. Mm. Because the more prepared you are, the better worker you can continue to be, the better parent you can continue to be, the better child you can continue to be, better friend, you know, all of those things, because there's so much of that, that just sort of can just sort of, you know, smack you in the face all of a sudden. And the more prepared you are ahead of time, the the easier it's going to be doesn't make yeah. it easy but the easier right. Right. it can make it as as we go and 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 we really feel strongly about you know companies that can help educate and prepare their employees you know one helps their employees in their personal lives but also will help them continue to be better employees yeah. when things are happening yep. yeah is there anything that we haven't covered that that y'all really would love to share and get out there and make sure is is something that people know about. I th- I think it's just knowing that because we've never done this before, every person's situation is going to look a little different. Everybody's journey is going to look a little bit different. But I have just found that that collective wisdom is so powerful and so comforting. Yeah. Daily people will say in the group, I'm just so glad I found others so that I don't feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really key. And that was, you know, we went, we have gone um, ahead and we've created, we have a, a paid membership for people that just want additional resources and help and 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 information because we find that there are people that just need a little bit more because we again, we've never done this before and we're just trying to figure it out. And some situations are much more complicated. Some are a little more clear cut. It just, you just got to figure out where you are in it and find and, and plug in where you need. Yeah. And we all have, special relationships with our moms and our dads and it's not fun what we're going through and uh i I say this all the time that that yes it is a mindset and it's a mindset in so many different ways and the different things that you're having to do whether it's taking care of their finances or pick them out a new place to live or just to go visit them like i'm going to go visit my mom next week but you can't dwell on the past you can't worry about what's missing you have to love what's still there and 
once you can get over that hump, it makes things so much easier on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that's the biggest thing is that is that yes, you, you want to worry about your mom, you want to take care of your dad, you want to take care of the family, but you have to look after yourself as well. Because if all of this pain that you're going through, this emotional pain brings you down, it's not gonna be good for anybody. Mm-hmm. So you can get through that and just love what's still there with mom and or dad, it makes things a lot mm-hmm. better. That's such a beautiful point. And I have a, a friend that has walked this journey. And she's she's been a, a huge support and comfort for me. And the one thing she always says is just join them in their journey. Join mm-hmm. them where they are right now, whatever that is. And then just every day be thankful for the, those moments, those times you get with you and with them. And that's what I remember. And, and even just a small moment today at being at my parents and my dad came walking out uh, from waking up. And just the smile on his face, if I could have just captured that, you know, forever, um, I captured it in here and here, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's, it's just those, those moments and taking that. So, I mean, it is, it's, um, it is, it's joining them in their journey. And so mm-hmm. I just thank you both so much for what you're doing and what you've created. And um, I'm a huge fan and I will be promoting this and sharing it. I mean, as much as I can, because I just believe in it. And I think it's going to um, just help so many people along the way. And, and that's, that's, I appreciate you coming on here. And um, I just wanted to get it out there for people so they can, they can um, have things a little bit simpler and easier going down the road and maybe cause them to get the book to and fill out for themselves, because I too am in my fifties and you think, I don't need that yet. And I realized, no, I do. I need need to go ahead and do that. And so it's a a gift for us to be able to give our children. And I do think that perhaps our generation, because our parents' generation was so much more private and and close to the vest about everything. And I think that, you know, now our kids talk about at their jobs, everybody talks about how much money they make and who makes what and all of that. So I think, you know, so we're sort of in between that. I I do think that hopefully our generation will be a little bit more proactive Mm -hmm. and more open to having those discussions with our children because perhaps of what we've seen and some of the challenges of getting our parents to talk about it. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And I have to ask just because this podcast is called Your Age is Not Your Cage. And the meaning behind that is no matter how young you are, you have a voice, your voice matters. And no matter how old you are, um, we all have a story. We all have things we want to do or, Mm -hmm. and we're not letting our age hold us back. So what is it you two feel like you're doing right now in your lives that you're not letting your age be your cage? Uh, (laughs) You mean like if I was like a kicks, a kickboxing champion or something like that, which I am not, I am not. No, it can be anything. Uh, I don't know. I just feel I, I feel like as I'm listening to some of my friends who are who are sort of at, you know, in their mid 50s thinking of, about retirement and things like that. I'm thinking, yeah, that I don't know when that's ever going to happen. So yeah. we're we're working harder, I think, now than uh, than we than we did when we were actually in our careers, if you will, yeah. in some ways. Yeah. 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 I uh, I run almost every morning nice. and I, I'm about to referee about 100 well, football okay. games this fall. Are you really? Yeah, yeah. I, I started doing that a couple of years ago, and my first game is in, what, two weeks? And between August 24th and November the 11th, I'll do about 100 games. So Okay, wow. that's, a good, that's a great example. Yeah, that is a good example. <laughs> and yeah, is that local? Yes. Yeah, I'll yeah. do uh, from from uh, 
Pop Warner, I guess you could call it, on uh, Saturdays to varsity games on Friday nights. I'll do everything in between. So that is so fun. I'll do lots of games over there. Yeah. I bet seventh JV, grade, eighth grade. School. Yep. It's fun. I, I bet you're hoping for a little bit of a cool down. It gets a lot better when it's cooler. But yeah, uh, yeah, that would be yeah. a bonus. Uh, yeah, well, my, my, kid, my kids keep telling me I need to get a hobby. So I'm working on that. Yeah. Well, okay. Get a hobby. Cause <laughs> I mean, at, at 58, I started a podcast and you, uh, you know, I started health coaching. I've always done fitness and everything, but I started <laughs> health coaching like 55. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing more things in my fifties mm-hmm. because I was raising kids and whatnot too. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like I have more um, excitement to do things now and I don't yeah. care as much. I just do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, yeah. Starting a new business in our in our 50s. In our 50s. Exactly. It wouldn't yeah. play necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both so much. I really enjoyed our time together. And um, I'm just going to be looking forward to seeing all that that happens with this. And I'll continue to share. And um, just thank you. I appreciate thank you guys. That's great. Uh, thank you, Carla. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take care.